Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show that follows the journeys of two iOS developers. I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer in Wellington, New Zealand. And I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our journeys. My friend got an iPhone 10, by the way. Um, on Friday, it turned up. Yeah. Um, they, what was it? It was supposed to turn up on Thursday, but no one was home, so it got sent back to the depot. Oh, no. Yeah, it must have been really gutting. Yeah. Oh, God, I'd be driving down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, come back. Yeah, it seems happy that you got yeah. the uh, the space grey one. And uh, he said the biggest thing that confused him was installing apps. Okay. Um, because you have to press the sort of the side button to confirm you want to purchase within the app store. Does it not just lock from Face ID or is that how it engages? I think that's you basically. Face ID. Yeah, I mean, Face ID says, yes, this is you. And then you click the button to say, yes, I do really want it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said, yeah no, that, that's, that's got to feel a little weird. Yeah, he said it felt a little bit jarring. But then um, everything else, all the gestures, Face ID, every, all the rest of it is just like, yeah, this is this is the way to go kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and in fairness, with Touch ID, if you, you, you press the get it button nearer the top of the screen and then you would have to move your hand down or have your thumb already kind of there yeah. to confirm with that. So I think it's just more muscle memory, really, with that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's no way they could have um, not had that be the case, is there? Because if you'd have just face ID, you'd be buying stuff all over the place. You have to. There has yeah. to be a second sort of confirmation with a button, I think. has to be something that you cannot really refute. You You took an action. Um, I think the same applies for um, Apple Pay. That's That's got to work in a similar sort of way. Yeah, you double tap the same um, button, I think, to bring it up or to confirm. Yeah. Once Face ID's uh, figured you out. Um, which I've heard from a couple of people um, that that actually feels like it works better in some ways because you can just sort of hold the phone in your hand and kind of place it close to to the reader. Um, you know, you, you sort of arm it. Yeah, Apple Pay has always felt weird to me because I f- sometimes find that I accidentally activate Siri instead of it. Yep. Or equally, I just unlock the phone by accident because I sort of clicked and, um, yeah, it's always felt odd on the home button to me. So I think it's kind of nice that it's, you know, there's potential for something a little bit different on the 10 that might be better. Um, obviously, I haven't used yeah. it yet, but... <laughs> I'm following this uh I don't know if you saw it, I'm following this account on Twitter called what's it called? Robin Hood Monitor UK. So what that account is okay. doing, it's a bot that someone's written and it looks at uh if you go on the Apple store, you can sort of type in where you are and it will tell you what's in stock in the stores near you. So essentially this bot is scraping all of this data out of there and then it tweets the minute a phone becomes available in a in a uh, in a <laughs> store for pickup. Yeah. Um so looking at it now the last one to become available is in Glasgow 5 minutes ago a 256 gig space gray iPhone 10 and it tells you the name of the store as well. Um yeah. and then a couple of minutes before that was London the Stratford City store a silver 256. <laughs> Um, now, believe it or not, I was you know I'm scrolling down the list and it's kind of like uh, London, 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 Manchester, London, Manchester, Manchester, London, Birmingham, London, London. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. So we, 
guess who's getting all the iPhones and the big cities. Um, and then yesterday it came up saying Plymouth and I was like, oh, Plymouth, yeah, that's still quite a way away from me. I wouldn't really want to go to Plymouth if I, unless I could really help it. Um, but out of interest, I just, um, I wanted to see how quickly these were going and also kind of test if this bot was correct. So there was a Birmingham one that flashed up and within like a second I was on the app store. I told them I was in Birmingham and sure enough, it came up with a big green tick available for collection today or pickup, whatever they call it. So I was like, well, you know, this, this really works. Great. And then this one in Plymouth flagged up and I left it for all of 60 seconds, 90 seconds intentionally. Yeah. And then I went onto the, the app, Apple store app and it was gone. So the demand for these are so, so high, it seems. That's that's really quite uh, quite interesting. I, I didn't. I mean, I knew the demand was high, but you know, popping up and then disappearing within sec, sort of sixty seconds or so. That's yeah. There's, there's been a few people tweeting this account saying, "Oh, you know, I, I think it's broken because you know I've just gone onto it and you've said it's available and it's not." And uh, the, the person who runs the account did a lot of investigating and came back yeah. and goes, "No, no, it's working." Like literally, people are checking out within twelve seconds. Bloody hell! That's that's yeah very high demand isn't it just i was reading um something that's saying they're um scaling down the production of the iphone 8 um so the the demand for the iphone 8 has now sort of started to go down because the the 10 is available um and the plus the the 8 plus is actually um sort of outpacing it compared to where they thought it was going to be. It does seem like the boring phone, doesn't it? If you just get an 8, it's like, mm. yeah, there's, there's not a lot of excitement there, is there really? It's, it's, yeah, um, how's it? I heard it described. It's kind of the consolation prize if you can't get the phone you want. <laughs> it feels to me like it's almost taken Which, the place of the SE. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um, it's probably a, a fair assessment in a lot of ways. Um I mean, I think there's always going to be people who want the sort of size of the SE. Um, I've, I've seen people already sort of saying, oh, we would really love the iPhone 10 sort of design done at that scale. Yeah. Um, but I think if certainly in terms of like sort of price range and kind of how you use the phone, um, I can see it being the phone that, you know, people upgrade onto just because their old phone is... is literally not really doing anything anymore you know it's it's, it's reached its end of life mm-hmm. sort of thing and they roll onto the eight just because and they're perhaps the type of consumer that just doesn't really think or have any kind of interest in, in wanting to have the latest and greatest you know yeah um which i think for, for for quite a lot of people the se was that sort of like well i want an iphone but i don't want to spend that much kind of model yeah i'm seeing quite a few of my friends um I say quite a few, two or three, um, with iPhone 7s all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, one of them said that their network phoned them and were like, you know, you can have the new iPhone 7 on you know, this much a month because you're due for an upgrade. And he went, well, hang on, hang on. This like two weeks and the iPhone 8 is going to be announced, isn't it? And they were like, oh, right, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll give you a ring back when the iPhone 8's out if you want. And he's like, yeah, okay, do that. And they phone back and goes, good news, the iPhone 8's out, you can have it at the same price as the uh, the 7 we offered you. He goes, no, nah, that's all right, I love the 7. So he managed to get a good, <laughs> got a good deal on the 7, I think. Just for waiting a couple of weeks. Yeah, and, you know, he's the kind of person that probably doesn't really care whether he's got the 8 or the 7. Um, really pleased with the 7. 
it, you know, and it is a good phone. There's nothing nothing wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, all power to him. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be keeping an eye on this app. On this app, this Twitter account, it looks really uh, quite interesting. Looks useful. I wonder if they'll. That it's not really the same thing for um, New Zealand because we don't have the Apple Store. So yeah, there's an Australian uh, version, I think, but not a New Zealand version of this thing. Yeah, he's only got 460 followers. What, what's the account? RH underscore monitor UK. It's got a picture of Prince okay. Harry with an iPhone as the R-H photo. <laughs> monitor. Underscore monitor. <laughs> Consumerism gone wild. <laughs> so there's different ones of these. There's one for the US, Canada, and yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Just say my strategy right now is to keep a keep a close eye on this, and uh, if at some point during the week one pops up in Exeter. A silver 64 i'm just gonna chuck charlie in the car and we're gonna hit the road <laughs> you should um yeah just pre-order it there and then online and do store yeah, pickup yeah exactly yeah i'll go on if, it, yeah, if it's yeah. available you know within the seconds that it yep. takes me to get there if it's still there i'll yep. put the order in and then we'll just hit the Boom. road and go yep. and get it because by the time you're there physically it'll be ready for you to pick up and we've i've had this in um leicester so you go to you do the pre-order thing um and we were about maybe half hours drive in depending mm-hmm. on what, what the traffic was 20 minutes when it's clear usually by the time i got myself into gear and and got there um it was ready so yeah it doesn't really take them that long uh, i think they give you a 30 minute window don't they uh what for picking it up yeah from what i can or, tell um from other people, they give you half an a half an hour window, and if you're not there, it goes back into circulation, and you've lost it. Oh wow! Okay, that's that's a bit different. <laughs> I mean, hopefully it'll be like a couple of hours out at least. It's not going to be like you need to be here within twenty minutes. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> but yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, my strategy. That, that, that's um, that could end badly, I guess, if if you're not immediately on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky that I, I can kind of do this kind of stuff in the week. Like I'm not a full-time yeah. jobby job. I can just literally jump in the car and go and do it. I'm hoping I can kind of move the money around and, and make one happen. Um, but I think realistically I should be waiting until after Christmas. Right, so um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about sort of app updates and everything right now because i know a lot of people are updating their apps specifically for um for the iphone 10 um but i'm pretty sure dave you you had an update that was coming through for armchair didn't you that was a general update that wasn't really specifically for the 10 itself as such yeah that's right so that came out um a little over a week ago now probably about 10 days um yeah. So yeah, it wasn't really aimed at the iPhone 10 specifically. It kind of, I feel like I said last episode. I feel like I've just gotten away with it really with the whole iPhone 10 stuff. Um, in that I just built it, yep. ran it on the simulator, and yeah, it worked. Um, obviously, I haven't tried it on a physical device yet, but um, I I think it's probably going to be fine. Um, so yeah, the app in general, the app update was more um, kind of a feature update, I suppose you could call it. And also a bit of a business model change alongside that. Um, so, yeah. quick recap, Armchair is the app I've updated, and that is a remote control for 
Cody. So it's kind of uh, allows you to sort of uh, play movies, TV shows, interact with Cody through your iPhone, as opposed to having to have a keyboard and mouse lying around all over the place. Um, so the biggest biggest feature I added was what I call the home screen. So what I wanted to do was try and expose yep. uh, your media within Cody in a better way because I had it kind of siloed off into categories like movies or TV shows and then you go into movies and it just lists all your movies, uh, which is fine because you can kind of search through it. But what I wanted to do was have a kind of like a home screen where stuff would naturally bubble to the top. So if you were partway through watching a movie, that would be maybe the first thing you see because it's like, hey, do you want to carry on watching this? Or if you're if you've watched episodes one, two, three, and four of a TV season and there's a fifth one ready and waiting, it could be like, hey, do you want to watch this fifth episode? Because this is like the next one and you're into this season. Um, equally, if you've just um, recently added stuff to Cody, um, I, want, I wanted to kind of make that easier to find because quite a lot of the time you add something to Cody with the intention of watching it. And then if it gets buried amongst everything else, it can be hard to find. Um and also, I wanted to kind of split things out into genres a little bit better. So sort of horror, sci-fi, action, adventure, all that kind of stuff. So if you wanted to get to um, the, the newest movies within certain genres, um, you can also do that. So that was kind of the probably the biggest right. area of development work, I would say, to get that to work right and to get it to work how I wanted, um, which is... Uh, yep. Yeah, that was a... To actually code that, that was kind of like nested collection views, which was interesting. Um, <laughs> it's 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 done now. <laughs> so um, yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was interesting. I, I've also added a dark mode on the app as well because I feel like ah cool that the app naturally lends itself to having a dark mode, given that it's going to be used sort of as a home theater remote control, being in dark environment some of the time. And also that kind of stitched yep. in quite nicely with my sort of business model change in that I'm going with um, ads right now. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to make um, pretty much all of the app usable out of the box because beforehand I was paywalling it off really quite severely um, and I took steps to right. sort of loosen that a little bit back in February um, which we spoke about at the time yeah um, but this has gone even further so basically all the stuff where there were paywalls now I've just been kind of like yeah just have at it so you can have yeah you can get to the home screen movies the gesture pad the tv shows the music whatever you want just just go in there um, but there's going to be ads and yeah I wanted to have an in-app purchase to remove the ads and also hopefully some people think it's good to support the app um, but I felt I needed something a little extra, like a little perk to throw in. And I thought dark mode would be quite good for that. Um, so mm. that's where we're at at the moment. Um, I've released quite a few updates since the sort of original release of it about 10 days ago. There's been, I've made sort of three or four updates okay. through the store. Um, but so far so good. Um, users are up. Um, interestingly, I've put the price of my in-app purchase up quite significantly and it's kind of early days to see how yep. that's going to shake out yet, but I think there's probably a wider discussion there about needing to just charge more, um, than kind of, you know, 199 or 79 P. Um, yeah. Sort of charging to the value 
of the yeah, product a little I, better. I just kind of thought to myself, you know, this is this is stupid. Like I can't make a living and support this app when it's costing you know like one pound forty nine for people to use the in-app purchase. So I was like, if this is going to stick around and if this is going to work, I need to just people just need to pay proper money or it goes away basically. So that's kind of the view I've taken. Um, yeah. So I, I put the price up to nine ninety nine. <laughs> And people so far seem to be still buying it, which is probably a lesson to take, I would have thought. That's that's quite interesting. And is that at the same sort of rate as uh, before? Roughly, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's it's only been a few days. Um, and before, you'd maybe go a few days without anyone yeah. buying it, and then you'd go a few days and you might get quite a few people buy it on one day. So it's, I think I need a bigger data set right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see actually just a few moments ago, well, a few moments ago, a few couple of hours ago, someone bought it, which is very nice of them. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to see how this plays out. And obviously, if, if no one does buy it, my hope is that the ads can go some way to kind of offsetting that anyway. Um, but right now, I just feel that I need users. I yeah, just just users. Just, I want as many people as possible to uh to use the app because uh kind of between february well not february probably like march april to now my daily active users or monthly active users has been sort of falling to the point where it dropped by about 40 percent which wasn't wasn't good uh right so kind of i'm hoping that this update can go some way to to fixing that and it has so far in the week that it's been out um i've recovered um recovered about sort of 75 percent of that drop which is good um so now i just want to keep pushing and pushing and pushing just to get more and more users um and then hopefully some of those will unlock the app and then the rest of them can sort of be churning that ad revenue and hopefully That'll make this a thing that can stick around and be good. Awesome. So that sort of gets it back on track to being um, just that little bit more viable. Yeah. Um, Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's kind of of at the point where it's, you know, it's making a little bit of money and that's fine. Um, But really, if it's going to get any sort of serious attention long-term, something had to change. So, right. um, A, you know, people that do buy it need to pay more and I need some kind of revenue from those that aren't willing to buy it. Um, I think the key to it is just to get, I just need to get users. I just need to get loads and loads of users. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm looking at right now is just getting people using it um, and then hopefully the rest can take care of itself is, is what, how I'm kind of looking at it right now. Hopefully with a, a little bit more data, a few more weeks um, sort of into this Um you can kind of look back and we can sort of see, okay, how, how's that going now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I, I need to do something very similar actually with, with both of my apps, I think, in the longer run. I've been holding off sort of doing any any big changes like that to go VJ, my video mixing app, essentially because Paid Up Front felt like it was still working for, for the niche that it was in. But I, I'm I'm never sure about that. And and I, I sort of very periodically come back to sort of reassessing, you know, am I going to do better if I, I sort of make it free? But 
somehow kind of have an in-app purchase on there that sort of does does the full version of the app but similar to yourself if i do that i'll be be in the same situation as you were uh, prior to your most recent update in that i'll be paywalling off functionality within the app and i'm not sure how i feel about that yet either because i can't actually logically really get to a stage where i can see okay where's where's the right sort of place to to ask for money it doesn't really feel like i've I've kind of got that place for it and that that will vary by the app i suppose won't it different apps will naturally lend themselves to a place where you can ask for money And, and i think that's that's the key point is that in your situation i can see that the ad model works sort of pretty well you know you can put if you've got space within the screen to kind of put it they're browsing as they're using the app you know so so there's a potential there that as, as they're looking for media looking for their next film or whatever um you, you you've got that that sort of insertion point as it were in the app for for the ads but i don't feel i really have that with with go vj because it's it's made for performing and mixing video there and then live if I put ads in, it's going to be an obvious kind of nag, if you like. It's going to be in the middle of the the control interface. And they're not necessarily in a browsing mode either. If, if you're trying to mix video in that way, you're doing it because you're you're performing, essentially. You know, you're performing a video mix, usually as an accompaniment for a band or a DJ or something like that. Or, you know, you've just got some music on and you're having a play, but... It doesn't really feel like I've got the space to ask, not ask for permission, but to show an advert and have them actually do anything with it. So, yeah, I'm not sure, really not sure where the right sort of place is for me to to, to tweak GoVJ in that, that kind of way. But I'd like to do something different. You see, to me, it sounds it sounds like GoVJ is almost like a pro-level app in, in you know, the um, situations that it's going to be used. So it feels like paid up front maybe is is the best thing for you. It's not necessarily the yeah yeah it's um I mean I struggle to describe it fully as as, as pro but the kind of use and scenarios yeah you're using it for a a uh, potentially what could be a professional use. There's a, there's a quite a big gap between where it is as, as a as an application versus kind of equivalent desktop software that you know people are using as as they they're using. Macs and PCs as as media servers um, with similar sort of software, and it, that becomes a very very different game actually to to what GoVJ does. But yeah, it, it, it's it's a tool, and I guess paid up front doesn't really isn't really the worst model for something that you are going to use as a tool. It's going to let you do do whatever. But like I say, I do I, I keep coming back and I keep wondering, am I kind of closing the door to people that would just like to try it? I was going to say a free you know, trial um, would be pretty nice, wouldn't it? Free trial would really solve that problem Come for on, me. Come on, Apple, <laughs> give us free trials. You know you want to. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's happening. Mm. So, and then, you know, I, I, I know Apple doesn't particularly like people doing it and I don't like the idea of having like a sort of light version because then you're into sort of separate apps and the ability then to convert the person on the light version to the pro version is, is just that little bit more separated. You know, you've got to ask them to install a whole extra app that does exactly the same thing, but without the paywall as, as the light one that you've just got them to install. So it's a tricky one um, to sort of figure out where and how to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like I've kind of been through 
almost like the opposite with space readers and I had it free within app purchase for ages and I was getting some downloads but not not vast amounts and the in-app purchase rate was not good um and in the end I just went paid up front and actually I've had I've had some downloads and it's kind of worked out in a weird kind of way and I'm not really sure why because when it was free they could use (laughs) quite a good bit of the app anyway um it's it's just kind of like now it's um now it's gone paid it's it's almost doing better which is right bizarre when i think about it um i've i've added some app store promotional videos but i can't see that being the entire difference um no yeah it's, uh, but it's interesting there's um perhaps a different psychology there with your users for for space readers in that because that's an educational app and arguably the people who are going to be installing and, and, and buying it now are parents, I would imagine, in, in a lot of circumstances. You know, that yeah. they are buying it for their kids. That is the sort of scenario you're talking about. And so you've got a situation where it's coming back round again to, to, to the comment I made before about when is the appropriate time to ask for money. And I guess maybe there's there's a psychology there for for those those people at that point with with that app, you know the right place to ask for money is is up front it's first um because it's it's kind of holding the same mental position as um as buying a book for your child. you know that it's that sort of yeah you're buying something to aid their education rather than buying or just getting something now and it's probably going to nag you down the road, yeah. Yeah, and, and the psychology there is that you know, okay, I, I've I've bought this this app. It's going to help me with my you know, help my child here in terms of their their learning to read. And I've bought it. It is done. You know, it's a complete thing. No, I, I, there's there's a lot there though that I think is quite valuable, really, which is understanding when is the right time to to sort of ask for money. And it's interesting you're sort of seeing both sides of the fence with with both of your apps there as well. It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out with Armchair, uh, especially with the increase in price. When I did this, I was like, "Oh no, no one, no one's going to buy it." But um, yeah, so far, if it if it can it can keep going. I mean, the way I look at it is is that if it's nine ninety nine, um, what does that work out at? About seven seven pounds. Once Apple's had their uh, slice of the cake, so yeah, yeah, you don't need to be shifting too many a day for it to become sustainable no um, no not at all so um, it, it seems like something that's something that could be within reach um i feel now i've got the app stable or more stable it was, it was pretty good when it, it launched um but i really struggled getting beta testers right um like big time um so naturally not all the bugs were caught when it went out and there were a, there was a small percentage of users where they would hit occasional bugs. So I've been kind of working to straighten all of that out now. And I feel now it's in a good place. I can start being more proactive about sort of going out to to the press and to kind of enthusiast sites, home theatre sites, that kind of stuff, um, and just try and sort of push it now with, with more confidence. Um, I would like to address this whole beta testing issue, though, because it feels it feels like it's hard to get people, A, to do it, and then B to kind yep. of be a good beta tester rather than just quickly <laughs> load it up, have a look and shut the app. 
Yeah. Um, and not only that, they also need to be Kodi users because what use is yeah. a beta tester that doesn't use Kodi? Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, which kind of got me thinking how, is, is there like a, a, a platform for developers? And this is kind of like a, a question um, to you or anyone listening. Is there, is there like a platform that, you know, developers can go to and be like, Hey, I've got this app that's coming up and it's going to have a beta and, it'd be really cool if anyone reading this wants to join kind of thing. Almost like where it connects developers and potential beta testers, whether that be members of the press or just people interested or what, I mean, do you know if there's anything like that? I've really no idea. Um, it, it feels like the sort of thing that absolutely should exist. I mean, I thought, well, maybe that's product uh, hunt, but then that's more like, it's not quite, it's not quite there. Is it? It's, it's almost like no. the, the next step when you're ready to launch it. That's what <laughs> we almost like product hunt <laughs> minus two steps or something. Um, I'll have to have a look. I think this is something we could, uh, we could circle back to maybe, um, maybe, maybe see if we can find some things in the week. Yeah. Sort of bring back next episode. Um, but no, I've, I've struggled very very similarly to sort of find beta testers for for go vj certainly and it's 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 interesting because i mean i alluded to before that um the sort of pro users that are doing you know day in day out of video productions and and you know they've got their their regular gigs they use macs and pcs and they use quite involved software and my my app sort of pitches a beginner and as an intro kind of level in the market so i actually struggled getting people from some of the relevant kind of facebook groups and other places where where these these people hang out um to sort of come in and beta test it because in a lot of ways it was almost kind of beneath them in terms of where where their use was and that they couldn't actually see a sort of use for the app because they have their rig they have their setup um and actually my my potential market is the people who haven't yet gotten to that stage or haven't yet got gotten to a stage where they, they see themselves involved in that sort of scene enough to be on a Facebook group. Mm. So recruiting people is quite tricky. And I actually had a little bit of pushback as well in terms of, um, you know, why would I want to use iOS to do that? Um, and that, that, that was hard, you know, so I ended up with um, a beta testing group of, the, the, the sort of maybe three or four that I did manage to get in and, and friends and family and um, and sort of other devs as well. And, you know, similar to your, your situation as well, it, it, you're asking them to test an app that they're, they're not, um, they're not able to really test in the right way because that's not something that they do. You know, if, if you're not actually somebody who wants to go and do that sort of video mixing, it's the same as not having Cody you know, in your case for armchair. So yeah, really very tricky getting people to beta test and it would be awesome if there was a sort of a, a site or a product or something that, that kind of helped solve that problem. Well, one, one thing I wanted to talk about actually, um, just very quickly was asking for reviews. I've been using that new, um, uh, what's it called? Storekit. Is it not Storekit? Uh, where, where basically you tell Apple to put up the prompt to uh, ask for the user to give a review. Yep. That's been really good. That's helped a lot. I've had um, way more reviews than I've ever had for using that. That's interesting. And it's been prompting positive reviews because normally I'd only hear from, from people when they were grumpy because if, if they couldn't figure yep. out how to... I've said this before, but in order to use Armchair, you have to pull a couple of levers within Kodi or it just won't work. 
Um, so I hear from those people the most that don't realize that, even though I try and explain that through my documentation and everything else. But yeah, the uh, asking for the review is, is great. I've had uh, quite a few five stars come through now, which I feel otherwise I wouldn't have got. That's really very cool. That's um, because getting reviews, getting reviews is really quite tricky. Um, I, th- I think um, in terms of you know getting people to actually go go do i i struggle to get reviews through for go vj especially yeah i think i think the beauty of it is is that you don't have to write anything you you can do if you want if you want to leave a obviously a written review you can just like you always could but you could just hit you know it says uh are you enjoying armchair uh five stars done or just say i don't want to leave a review but it's the kind of thing that can be done in a tap and that's that's really nice i still do hear from some people that uh, despite my efforts <laughs> to steer them in, you know, this is how you do it and this is how you need to set up Cody. I still hear from them. Um, I had an email last night, uh, probably one of the strangest support emails I've had. I mean, I'm glad it came in the form of a support email as opposed to a one-star review. Um, but all it said yeah. was, Cody will not load. I was like, okay. Um, so Cody, what won't, do I do with Cody that? won't load. So what does that mean? My app's broken or you just can't work Cody? <laughs> <laughs> It's always interesting oh. to see what comes through. <laughs> Never ceases to you had, surprise um, me. Have you had any progress with that? Did you did you reply back to them or? Yeah, I, I, I wrote a very nice reply. I haven't had anything back yet, but yeah, I just kind of yeah. um, I said if it's my app or if it's Cody, I really don't mind. I'll help you out, kind of thing. Just um, give me some more details. Yeah, because um, you can't can't really do much more than that, I guess. No, I, I figure you know if someone's struggling, even if it's not my app's fault, I'll happily lend a hand, and yeah, that's cool. Um, something I get um, fairly often, actually, with with GoVJ is um, I get feature requests, um, which is cool. You know that that's people are, are contacting me because there are things that they would like it to do that it doesn't, and that that gives me somewhere to go sort of with updates as, as time goes on, which is great. Um, but quite often it's not very well articulated. Um, so I'll get, um, I'll, I'll, I've had a, a few in the last last month or so, I've, I've had two people contact me about adding a recording feature um, into the app, which, you know, awesome. I've, I've kind of laid down um, some hooks inside of the way the app works. Um with with that sort of feature in mind so adding in recording is something that i would like it to be able to do um the only problem is is that i don't have a a complete vision yet for exactly how that should work and where in the ui it should go and okay do we record their output their, their their video mixed output um but do i ignore the audio and if i take the audio do i take it from the microphone or do we try and get some sort of playback system going on you know, there's quite a few different ways that that it could work, um, and I don't just want to build what I think I want or what I think is easy. I'd like to sort of build something that's genuinely useful for for the people that are using the app. So I've asked them. You know, okay, that's that's awesome. I'm looking at putting this in. Where do you think it should go? You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> how would you like this to work? And I haven't had any any real response to that. And I've I've actually you know. I haven't just sort of said it quite like that. I've sort of said, okay, I'm thinking of, of pursuing these, the, you know, the, these potentials with putting recording in. Um, the easiest up front is to add like a, a video sampling mechanism. So you, you can 
record a little bit of, of, of what you are doing um, in terms of, of the mixed outputs of the app um, and a sampler essentially you hit that record button for however long hold your finger down and when you let it go congratulations you've now got a sampled piece of your video output as another piece of video that you can then mix and this is something that um, there's been various sort of hardware solutions for over the years sort of dating back quite a way for for this sort of um, video mixing and art so f- to my mind having a sampler makes logical sense but I suspect that is below where people really want it I think they want to be able to record full sets and then upload those to YouTube um, it's just that doing so potentially comes with a whole load of other considerations you know I have to watch out for disk space um, I have to make sure that the device can actually sustain doing that at the same time as doing the video mixing. So I know already it's going to be hard work to to sort of go the whole hog. So yeah, it's just, just kind of getting a feel for what people really want there um, and getting them to articulate that. I, I find that quite difficult. Yeah, yeah, I, I can kind of see that. I, I get quite a lot of feature requests and it's almost like the feature request doesn't end the conversation. It's almost like it, it it requires me to go back and ask for more detail. And I find that almost like there's a drop-off rate. You yeah. get quite a lot of users that just want to say their piece. I think it should do this. And then if I go back and be like, oh, yeah, thanks for you know discussing this. This is really interesting. How about... And then, yeah, the conversation, not always, but quite often does sometimes stop at that point <laughs> yes yeah. so they've got no interest really in kind of carrying on they've said their piece and now that's that's fine thank you very much um yeah but yeah so I, i've got a yeah. few users that do like to you know I've, I've had many emails go back and forward and that's that's great i love all that i think that's fantastic and actually um bringing it back to something we were talking about before i've actually found those conversations can be useful in recruiting beta testers yeah, that's where most of mine have come from, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, obviously you've already validated the fact that they use your app, um, that they are in the, the niche market that you're in. There are things they would like it to do. Um, so naturally, if that, that does go further than just saying their piece and that that was that, um, then they're actually ideal people to, to have beta test your app. Um, I've, I have recruited a couple of people that way as well. So yeah, I think it's um it's just a case of obviously being responsive, I guess, when you get this this um this sort of contact from people, um, whether that's support or feature requests. Um and if you can drive that sort of background into the development of the app in one way or another, then all the better really. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed this show, it would be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you're in Overcast, you can help us out by hitting that star button to recommend us. Um, Also, we'd like to remind you that we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, there will be instructions in the show notes or just send us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So before we run off, Dave, where can people find you? Um, you can find my applications at roboheads.com. That's roboheads with a Z. And you can find me on Twitter at dwroboheads, again with a Z at the end. How about you, Dave? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Dave Not. Uh, you can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com and my app to help kids learn to read at spacereaders.com. <laughs> <laughs>